1: Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio.
0: to be with you. We're taking your questions today. Fertility and women's health specialist Dr. Susan Caldwell will join us. She's a NAPRO physician and we're going to be unpacking the challenge so many women experience of repeat miscarriage, a loss of children via miscarriage, such a deep wound. And we're going to talk about it from a medical perspective, prevention. We're talking about how both of us have known a number of people have struggled with miscarriages repetitively. So we'll talk about some solutions from a medical perspective, the difference between NAPRO and traditional medicine in approaching this. We're also going to talk about pushing back against your physicians who prescribe birth control, especially if they're Catholic or Christian. We'll equip you with some resources to have that conversation to encourage a change in their practice. Later on, I'll also be talking about the scientific proofs for the Eucharistic miracles that are connected to our Lord Jesus Christ and specifically having to do with cardiac tissue with his heart. I thought this was fitting in the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Eucharist. If you have a question for Dr. Susan Caldwell today. The number is 888-914-9149. Dr. Caldwell, welcome back to Trending.
2: Thanks, Timmy. I love, I love that I'm here. It's awesome to be with y'all today.
0: I was thinking about this topic of miscarriage mm-hmm. and how prevalent it is as the day's kind of been going by. I was drawn back to A moment a few years ago when we were pregnant with our first baby girl and I had had a hemorrhage next to the baby and I was very low on progesterone. My progesterone had been plummeting and there was real concern and signs for miscarriage at that time. And I remember we were at dinner with a couple of friends and I was very at peace, you know, Lord, you know, help preserve, protect my baby. But, you know, there was also the reality of how common miscarriages. And I remember sitting at the dinner table with some friends who had both been through a miscarriage and would later that year experience two more miscarriages. And we were all just full of tears talking to each other about how they were saying to us, you know, if God forbid, if you do lose this baby, you don't have hope, just to know the gift of being able to carry that baby as long as you can and being able to bond. But we also sat there talking about the fact that not enough women have solutions and information about miscarriage prevention, that there are early signs to look for. And so I want to talk to you about, I know you have a story of a recent woman who had repetitive miscarriages, who you treated. Can you share with us a little bit about that?
2: Yes. um, This woman came in, she was in her late thirties and I just remember she sat in front of me and told me about six miscarriages one after oh. the other mm-hmm. in two years with no live births um, she waited, uh, to, she didn't get married until she was later she was older she had a very professional you know very um, very successful career with a lot of schooling and, and so I think Her hopes were just so high, you know, that that each time that she would be able to retain the pregnancy, but each time lost. And it was just, I could tell you, my heart was breaking as she told me. And then one of the pregnancies went into the second trimester, well into the Mm -hmm. second trimester. And so I was just gripped with just this compassion for her and what she had been through and no one had ever given her progesterone. They found out that she had, um, you know, some issues that they were they were kind of treating. But, you know, what happens more and more, I'm seeing this, because um, I see a lot of women with recurrent miscarriages, they're obese, general, sometimes they'll do some labs, but a lot of times they just refer them to the IVF clinic, which is That's really sad. not the answer because... Right. Anyway, it's just not the answer. So in this particular case, when I ch- tested, by the time uh, I didn't, she didn't know it, but when we met, she was already pregnant. Um, and so uh, this, this scenario kind of goes one of two ways when I see a woman in, in this situation. Many times um, they have trouble getting pregnant or even staying pregnant without progesterone being tested while they're still in, on their cycle. You know, in that second half of the cycle, the luteal phase, Um, But many women find out, you know, they're pregnant after the luteal phase, so they don't have that that progesterone support. They don't find Mm -hmm. out that they're low until they're already pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that was her case. Um, And and sure enough, um, she was low and she needed progesterone through most of the pregnancy um, and then recently delivered a healthy baby. Praise so God. just so, so grateful, so mm-hmm. grateful. And, and you know, of course, I'm, you know, biting my nails, you know, the whole time. <laughs> I'm, I'm treating her, of course. He's just like, Lord, Lord, you know, just yes. please, please. Fighting for that um, baby. Whatever his will is, but but man, yes. that was tough.
0: And I think that's the tough thing that a lot of women don't talk about miscarriage. A lot of couples don't. It's such mm-hmm. a, a deep wound for many people. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I wish we would talk about it more is that there are uh, solutions for helping and treating mm-hmm. miscarriages. Again, not that mm-hmm. we can save all babies who are lost to be a miscarriage, but that there's a lot that can be done. And I was grateful because I was used to, I was familiar with NAPRO technology when I got married and when I was pregnant, I was actually having to take progesterone at the time when I became pregnant uh, to help in supporting that luteal phase to help mm-hmm. get pregnant. And so I knew I naturally have low progesterone. So I kept asking the doctors, please check me for progesterone. Please check me for progesterone. So they said, no, you're fine. Don't worry about about it. it probably was a week straight of me begging the physicians, please just check my progesterone levels. They finally agreed, Dr. Caldwell, and immediately they said, your progesterone levels are really low. We need to start supplementing. We're going to test again tomorrow. They dropped even lower the next day. I was mm-hmm. on progesterone within 24 hours. And That was a fight, right? That was a fight for Mm -hmm. our baby's life, our first daughter. And had I not known about low progesterone, there's a very strong likelihood we likely would have miscarried, lost our first baby Mm -hmm. girl. And same with our second. I know you and I had spoken. I had been on... um, on a ton of progesterone, Mm -hmm. I kept plummeting throughout the pregnancy. I ended up having preterm labor. A lot of challenges and women just don't know that that progesterone, that Mm -hmm. progestation, right? That's what it means, is life-saving for babies. Even when there are instances such as uh, Hashimoto's disease, polycystic ovarian syndrome, endometriosis, other things fighting against you, that that progesterone helps support. Can you speak a little bit to that as well?
2: Mm. Yes. So like you said, Um, a lot of women are low in progesterone during the cycle of conception. And the reason why that's dangerous is because the progesterone is what causes the uterine lining to become receptive and healthy and able to nourish that new life. But then once um, the pregnancy has started, um, that new life is, we're starting now to um, form that connection called the placenta between the mom and the baby and progesterone is extremely important not only in those early weeks in, in terms of um, the baby getting the nourishment um, but also the formation of the placenta um, and then later in pregnancy there are um, there's a huge risk if there's low progesterone for preterm labor and uh, progesterone one of the, the Ways it works in, especially in late pregnancy, is it keeps the uterine muscle relaxed, um, and so um, a lot of times women will be treated with magnesium if they are admitted for preterm labor. Um, but progesterone kind of has that same effect of the smooth muscle relaxing, um, and so when women are properly treated throughout pregnancy, you know, if needed, not everybody needs it, and not, uh, and it, but it is so life-saving for. For those patients who need it,
0: we have some questions coming in, Doctor Caldwell, about progesterone. Miss Floyanda on Instagram said, "I had a silent miscarriage in April, and I just had a PG test." She said, "How can I prevent losing this baby?"
2: Wow! Oh my gosh! Okay, I don't know what a PG test is. Maybe. I think
0: she was. I think she was typing in a short form. i I'm guessing either pregnancy or progesterone.
2: Yeah, yeah, and so she's currently pregnant. Did I miss that? I thought she had she, a miscarriage in April. Yes,
0: yeah, she had a miscarriage in April, and it looks like she's pregnant again. She so, said the Catholic okay, doctor right. didn't say using contraception. Didn't doc said to use contraception after miscarriage, but they did not listen. So I'm guessing probably that typical mm-hmm. theme where pe- women are told, "Oh, you should probably avoid yeah. getting pregnant again for a little while." So if you yeah. could speak a little to that, because she said her Catholic doctor recommended that as well.
2: Wow. Um, yeah, so she just wants, she needs to make sure she's getting, use, have, seeing a doctor who's using um, the Pope Paul VI protocol for progesterone, um, because that is kind of the standard um, where we know the levels, whether they're high, low, um, or, or normal, is, that's the standard. And so we want to make sure that, that your, your doctor is using that graph. It can even be found online. Um, actually, but it's it's a little nuance to it. So even if you could connect with the if you can't find a doctor, even you connect with the Pope Paul VI Institute, um, they do um, help people follow they follow their levels um, from all over the country, I believe. Um, so I definitely would um, pursue that. That's very important.
0: Excellent. More questions are coming in. If you have a question for Dr. Susan Caldwell. she's a women's health specialist specifically specializing in fertility and infertility. The number is 888-914-9149. You can also ask your question now on social media as well. Just follow me at Timmerie. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. We had another question come in, Dr. Caldwell. I know we're going to talk in a few minutes about pushing back against the medical community when we are being prescribed as women birth control for various reasons. We'll touch on that in a few minutes. But I do want to, uh, to answer this question as well. 2020 oh nine on social media on instagram just said i want some encouragement and prayer she said i'm expecting my eighth baby via c-section she said she's had all her babies via c-section should i feel so betrayed and lied to by the medical community please some words of hope she said
2: wow yes yes well you know god's in control not the doctor i mean that's the good news right the doctor's never in control And um, that's, you have an amazing body that's been able to have that many babies and C-section each time, but maybe the hurt is around um, maybe needing a C-section. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Like, rather than a natural delivery, like why is that necessary maybe? Yeah. 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 And then, you know, the doctors really um, look at whether or not it's safe you know, each, each pregnancy to, to, to have a vaginal delivery after a a C-section and it's usually just not, it's not safe for whatever reason. Maybe the scar is questionable, you know, and then, and again, this is not my, I'm not an OB, so I don't deliver babies, Um, but, um, you know, you can, you can have hope god Mm -hmm. has brought you this far and he is guiding he works through those doctors he works through every doctor he does and he is good and yeah yeah. just we we just we will pray for you yes Yes,
0: prayers and i know so many women who feel this way dr caldwell you know betrayed and frustrated they go in and they didn't want to have the c-section to begin with and you know you hear stories on both sides women who absolutely needed that emergent care and other women who were pressured in many ways as if this was the only option but seemingly almost as if they're being put on a schedule to to deliver at a particular time i hear and see a lot of that you know i personally fought very hard i was going to avoid a c-section unless absolutely necessary with our second baby actually i haven't really shared about this before we had an emergency type emergency type of situation where I actually had an allergic reaction the day before I went into labor. Well, the day of actually. And I ended up in the hospital. They're like, hey, we can just do a C-section. We'll take care of everything. We, were in the, we went to do an emergency check of the baby because the baby wasn't moving initially, but everything calmed down. I learned that if you have an allergic reaction to food, it can actually suppress the baby's nervous system and the baby stops moving uh, hardly at all. And the heartbeat really significantly declines. But, you know, there was that push for a C-section, even in that moment. And if that's something medically necessary, absolutely. But the situation was, as the baby was moving, everything was great. They just looked at me and said, oh, man, you're 40 weeks. Let's just do a C-section. And there was that pressure rather than honoring, right, that God-given ability to give birth and to work with the body uh, where we're at. And so I think that I've heard from a lot of women recently, Dr. Caldwell, who are frustrated Mm -hmm. and, that they've had to have repetitive C-sections. And I know a lot of people are talking about doing gentle C-sections as well now and kind of looking into some of the differences with that maybe finding a doctor nearby. I had a friend who just did that and finding kind of the difference between a gentle C-section mindset versus what's kind of a little more quick and done today with c-sections and even a lot of the kangarooing that occurs there's so much to be said of that but i really would encourage looking into that gentle c-section as well and like you said dr caldwell having that peace and joy in the midst of this is where you are and focusing on the celebration of new life as well. You're listening to Trending with Ray here on Relevant Radio. That's Dr. Susan Caldwell. The number is 888-914-9149. If you have a question, let us know. We would love to take your question today here on Relevant Radio. We're going to come back with Dr. Caldwell, where we're going to talk about pushing back against physicians who are prescribing birth control. You're listening to Trending with Ray here on Relevant Radio. Again, if you have a question for Dr. Caldwell, the number is 888-914-9149.
1: So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timmery on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
0: Joining me now is Dr. Susan Caldwell, fertility and infertility specialist To hear on Trending, women's health as well. If you have a question, number is 888-914-9149. We're talking about treating recurrent miscarriage with progesterone. If you missed it, be sure to go listen to the episode, relevantradio.com forward slash trending, wherever you catch your podcasts, which by the way, they're all there available on demand on the Relevant Radio app. It's a free app. You can listen. I actually, when I listen to Relevant Radio, I listen from my phone and not from the car because the audio is so clear. You can listen live or you can listen on demand to any podcast you want to listen to, including trending. But we're also wherever you catch your podcasts. So Dr. Caldwell's with me. If you have a question for her, the number is 888-914-9149. Continuing on a little bit with our conversation about miscarriage Dr. Caldwell, I know we we're talking about treating miscarriage and preventing miscarriage with progesterone. Can you talk about a uh, Roman from Illinois asking, does working a full-time job add to stress, which may increase risk of miscarriage and how much does birth control affect long-term infertility and miscarriages?
2: Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting about stress and working full-time. You know, when I, when I meet a woman who's um, asking about their, her fertility, I always ask about her, her job because um, you know depending on her job her she may it may be extremely stressful but it's you know it's very individual and the woman really needs to be kind of aware of that um, and and just kind of you know, understanding what her capacity is in general though I, I recommend that um, it, it is women who who work nights are, are going to have a harder time getting pregnant in general I have been proven wrong by this but in general, when you work against that circadian clock, um, it can really adversely affect fertility. But in terms of just overall working full time, you know, some women do a great job, but we all need to be better, I think, at understanding our limits um, as, as women. Because sometimes we do think we can do it all and we might not be able to. So we want to be honest with how our body is feeling. And our body will tell us if we're not... Um, if we're not able to do everything that we're trying to do. Um, and then the question about uh, birth control and and problems with fertility later. Yeah, this is really common. Um, this is really why we have an epidemic of infertility and why we have such a big business and industry of IVF clinics, because we have um, used birth control in such a widespread way. You know, it was it wasn't designed to use more than about two years to space Children and families. Um, so it, we're all in a big, big experiment that um, we've been trying to find out. You know what are the effects of taking birth control for ten or twenty years? Uh, because it was never designed to be used that way, um, and we're seeing that it does harm fertility. Some women, you know, do get away with with having no problems, but I think the majority of women really suffer some harm from that. It has a lot of effects, not just on our fertility. It negatively affects our gut health, um, our breast health, our brain health, um, and many other side effects. So, it's just really bad medicine in my mind. Um, I think that's been proven, um, but it's especially bad for fertility.
0: That's Doctor Susan Caldwell. Doctor Susan Caldwell here on Trending with Timur. You're listening to Trending with Timur on Relevant Radio. Doctor Caldwell, another question came in about miscarriage as well from Joanne and she said, what signs are there to look for with regard to miscarriage? And is it too late once there are signs?
2: I think the most common sign would be bleeding um, and then pain. Sometimes bleeding can be normal. In fact, many, many women experience bleeding in the early part of um, pregnancy. But when there's bleeding accompanied with pain, that's a warning sign, or when bleeding um, is heavy, like a period, that, that would just warrant a little more investigation, maybe an ultrasound. Um, but you know, early miscarriages often don't have any signs. And mm. even later miscarriages, um, I was talking to a, a woman um, this week who had a small Doppler machine to, to check for heartbeat, and one of her pregnancies, she just stopped feeling the Doppler you know, in the second trimester. Um, and that's how she knew she was having a miscarriage. So it can be really hard to detect. So don't, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't just think that you could 100% know. Um, some women are very intuitive and they have a sense that something's wrong. Um, but, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to your doctor and ask for reassurance.
0: Today with the prevalence of low progesterone, Dr. Caldwell, would you recommend that most women immediately upon finding out they're pregnant, check, have their HCG and progesterone levels checked?
2: That would be great. But I don't think that we have enough doctors who know what normal is. Mm. Um, I've seen many women who come in, they tell me, oh, my progesterone level was nine in early pregnancy. And that is less than half of what it should be. Um, But their doctor told them that was normal, for example. So until we have doctors who are better educated. Um, I don't know that we're ready for everyone to get checked. I mean, I check, you know, any patient of mine who um, first of all asks, because I'm, you know, I'm not going to reach out and force them, but they would reach out to ask um, and, and or I'll tell them, you know, I see signs on your chart. There's some strange bleeding. There's some short luteal phases, whatever. And I'll say, make sure if you get a positive pregnancy t- test, reach out right away so we can test and you know, sometimes the levels are, are actually great. So, but it doesn't hurt to check. But if, but if, they, but if people have access to a NAPRO doctor, um, or again, the the VI Institute, um, it would be great. Um, but again, we don't want to be obsessive. We don't want to um, overwhelm the medical. industry. I just think that if every single woman demanded the, pre- the progesterone to be tested, I think there would just be an uproar. You know, there would be just kind of chaos because doctors (laughs) just don't know what to do with that. (laughs) Um,
0: But you can find a NAPRO physician, which is why we're going to post a link on social media to NAPRO physicians. One of the common challenges I hear from a lot of women uh, who have known my own story and experience, they'll say, Timory, I think I might be miscarrying. Who do I go to? I immediately say, find a NAPRO physician. And then the response is, okay, I contacted them. They have a wait list for a couple months. They can't see me. And I think I'm miscarrying now. And so what I'm Mm -hmm. recommending as well as going to uh, my Catholic doctor as well you can find NAPRO mm-hmm. physicians there so we'll post some links to places where you can find NAPRO doctors sometimes unfortunately it's hard to get in with your local or closest NAPRO doctor in person and that's mm-hmm. why I do recommend because they can order out for those labs as well correct dr. Caldwell
2: yes yes and then also even if they say when you call to get an appointment that it's a, there's a wait you know, don't be afraid to say, hey, I'm pregnant, and, and I really want my progesterone. This is urgent. You know, don't be afraid to say that because we, we get those calls, too, and my, my wait for a new patient might be a month or two, but if, you, if it was a timely matter like that, you know, we could squeeze that person in. So, so make sure you're, you're honest and upfront about the timeliness of the, the need to see the doctor.
0: Excellent, excellent. That's Dr. Susan Caldwell. If you want to learn more about her and her work, you can find her at drsusancaldwell.com. That's D R S U S A N dot com. That's com. She has excellent resources. She's a regular guest here on Trendy. I'm actually going to post a link in the episode notes as well as on social media to an episode we did not too long ago talking about uh, doing a detox after having been on birth control. I know a question we received a few minutes ago from Roman had to do with the question of whether or not birth control affects long-term infertility and miscarriages. We did a whole episode on detoxing from birth control. I know a lot of women have been on it because they wanted to, a lot who didn't want to be on birth control, and they are facing the medical fallout. So be sure to check out that episode. We're posting a link online now. Dr. Caldwell, so many questions are coming in, but I do want to make sure we take time. And if you have a question, number is 888-914-9149. I want to talk Dr. Caldwell about pushing back against physicians who are prescribing birth control. Mm -hmm. I always knew Praise the Lord that birth control wasn't just bad for babies, wasn't just an idea or a teaching in the Catholic Church, but that birth control is bad for our bodies. And so when I started struggling from high school into college with medical issues, lo and behold, later on, many years later, I found I had PCOS, that's polycystic ovarian syndrome, and Hashimoto's disease. Thank God I never took birth control when it was being offered to me, Dr. Caldwell. I even spoke to Christian and Catholic doctors who said, well, maybe you could just try taking the pill because they didn't know what was wrong with me. And it was devastating because I felt as if they were ill-equipped and unknowledgeable in treating me when they'd Mm -hmm. suggest, well, maybe you could just try this. As if it was that Band-Aid that could potentially make this festering wound better, but it wasn't on the surface. It was deep down inside. And eventually, someone actually being an APRO doctor helped to figure out what was going on. So here's the question. A lot of our Catholic doctors are prescribing birth control still, some of whom disagree with it, some of whom think that it's kind of a generic fix for fertility issues. What do we do? Do you think we should be pushing back against these physicians and helping to educate them, and as a physician yourself, what would be effective if you think this would work in actually talking to them about it? Do you think this is something we should do? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, yeah, I think
2: it is actually, um, you know, our obligation to instruct the ignorant. Right? Um, it, that's an act of act of mercy, right? To instruct the ignorant. Um, and so, just just in general, though, just a what i see about you know when i ask myself why are doctors you know still prescribing birth control i think there's two you know kind of big reasons one is that they may not have heard um this the snowballing of evidence since they were they've come out of medical school there's just been so since i i graduated medical school in 1999 um, and you know, there might, your doctor might be younger than me, older than me, but what the, the literature, the science just keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, that birth control is, is really bad for people. Um, so that, that is there. It's clear. But what medicine has become, uh, St. Saint, uh, Saint John Paul II said that the root of the culture of death is a preoccupation patient with efficiency and and really medicine has become completely preoccupied with efficiency so the the world of women's health has been kind of um, it, it's been overtaken by these protocols where 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 doctors don't even need to think anymore just if they have this you give this if you give this you get you know, they have this you give this so it's just matching the pill with the problem all day long Um, and so we just, we don't know how to think. We're just very, so sometimes if doctors are going to change, um, they need to know the truth and they need to be willing to not participate in this culture of death, which is this, um, preoccupation with efficiency. Um, so the way I deal with it in my particular practice is I, um, just see fewer patients a day because I know that I can't think if i have to see 30 patients a day so i have made the decision and you know my my um the the, where where i work they don't love that but they know i'm a good physician so doctors are going to have to push back against this whole big system that they're in you know in order to practice really good medicine so there are a lot of challenges it's not just handing them a book and and say have you heard the science on this because it's a deep 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 um You know, we we all struggle, you know, with concupiscence, which is this kind of desire to, you know, um, do what is easy and fast, you know, and and maybe, you know, easy for us. Um, And so that is, you know, medicine is certainly not immune from that. So we have to pray for these doctors because, you know, they're offered this this wide path that Mm -hmm. is, it seems easy and lucrative and, um, you know, less suffering, you know, if you go this path and, and as we all know, no matter what walk of life we're in, if we're offered an easy path, it's probably not God's path. <laughs> it's probably a different path. So we have to pray for them. We have to educate them, but don't be afraid to, when, when they offer the same thing over and over again, and you feel like you have a good connection, you feel like you saw them at mass, you know, I, you, th- you think you know? Don't don't be afraid to say. Listen, I know you're Catholic. Do you know how harmful this is to people's soul, mm-hmm. not just their body? You know, and just challenge them. And you know, there was a a story I heard of a of a doctor who um, it was an OBGYN, and his friend who was a priest. Actually, his, you know, they were dear friends, dear friends. Um, but he actually refused to give him the Eucharist if he, as long as he continued to prescribe birth control.
0: Good. Yeah.
2: Yep. I mean, and, and that's, and that's how what he needed. It is. Yeah. That's yes. what he needed. That, that particular doctor, he, he saw, wow, if mm-hmm. this is such a sin. I mean, it's intri- we hear in Humana Vitae, this is an intrinsic evil, you know, birth control. It's an intrinsic mm-hmm. evil. So it's not something we should really play with if we are striving to be saints. And we want our doctors to be saints.
0: And I know some people are listening, and you're a physician, and you're going, hey, I'm not working in a Catholic practice. That sounds like a luxury. That sounds nice. Well, I think a lot of Catholic physicians, God willing, all, and if you aren't, I encourage this, draw the line with abortion, right? They'll let, in a secular environment, say, I won't have anything to do with abortion. But I also know a lot of physicians who say and are confident enough in their practice to say, I will not prescribe birth control, even in a secular setting, even when they are not uh, running their own practice. And I remember talking to a physician just a few years ago. She came up to me after a talk. She said, I'm a physician here in Southern California at a medical hospital. I'm not going to share which one, but very big to do hospital. And she said, I do not prescribe birth control. And I looked at her and I said, how do you do that? She said, well, one, I drew the line. I said, absolutely not. And she said, because I was so confident and clear, they never pushed me otherwise. There are other doctors who everyone knows will very easily prescribe birth control. I don't even need to try and provide someone with solutions because everyone knows you can get it from someone else. But the second thing she said was so important. And she said, this is what I tell my patients. When my girls come in and they say, we want birth control. I said, I don't prescribe it. They ask me why. I said, Because I want you to know something. Birth control can function in two ways. It can shut the door from ever letting babies into your house. That's your body, your womb, that place it's made for having babies. Or it can drop a bomb on babies that are present in your house, inside your body. And if there is a baby that you are pregnant with and you don't know, that baby could die. That baby could be killed because you're taking birth control. Did you know that birth control worked this way? The girls had no idea. And the woman would say, if you got pregnant, do you know that you would want to have an abortion? Because that's what this is. And the girl would say, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. And she said, well, if you knew you were pregnant, what would you do? And many of the girls say, I don't know. So the response is, if you don't know uh, if you're pregnant or not, you, you can't even make that choice. We talk about a culture that's pro-choice. She said that birth control shuts the door to babies, but it also puts a bomb and kills these babies and women don't even know and i don't want you to suffer that and be aware of that and i think this is such a pro-life stance dr caldwell because it's helping women who might even be pro-abortion to be informed before they ever actually have an abortion giving them the opportunity the empowerment to actually know what's happening in their bodies if they were to take birth control yeah
2: that's beautiful i love that story Yes, yes, yes. Because I think there's a spectrum, you know, of, of, of the women's health doctors. Um, you know, there's there's the there's abortion, there's sterilization, and there's contraception. And I think they some they draw their line, you know, where they where they stand,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I have some questions for you on this whole physicians and birth control. Do you have any reading materials that we can recommend to our physicians, especially our Catholic or Christian physicians, yes. if they still prescribe birth control?
2: Yes. There's a um, website called One More Soul. Have you, you've heard of it?
0: No, I haven't.
2: Yeah. One More Soul, and they have a lot of resources. Um, they have pamphlets so I keep them in my office, um, and they're all medically sound. All the 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 um, side effects of birth control, how birth control harms, um, you know, our bodies. Uh, uh, lots of beautiful pamphlets, but they have a book called Physicians Healed. It ha- there are stories of I think fifteen doctors who have had conversions, and they each tell their story. About how they, they, the, the kind of their eyes were opened. Very interesting. Um, that's really good. Um, if you can get your hands on Janet Smith's contraception, why not? I, It used to be on a CD. I don't know where it is now. That was so nice to be able to hand out CDs to people back in the day, but um, that's a great thing for everyone should listen to that. Everyone, Mm. everyone, but it was so eye-opening for me and she's a moral theologian and I was just really impressed. She wasn't even a doctor and I learned so much from her. And then the other one I'd recommend is um, by Patrick Coffin, book name uh, called Sex Au Naturel, What It Is and Why It's Good for Your Marriage. He did a does a good job um, explaining about really um, how birth control has hurt our, us as individuals um, and as families and as a culture, um, and drawing the kind of the connecting the dots, drawing the lines between all of those things. So those are just some resources, but um, there's there're probably a lot more.
0: Fabulous. And we'll post a link to all these resources in the episode notes from all of these books, from Physician Heal to Contraception. I'll try to find a link to contraception. Why not? We've done some episodes diving pretty deep into contraception, uh, the topic of contraception and the medical side of it, even with yourself, Dr. Caldwell, here on Trending. So we will post a link as well to some of those because these resources are so necessary. I would love to hear from you, Dr. Caldwell. If you're talking to a physician, whether they are catholic or not and you want to express why you're not taking contraception in three kind of quick bullet points i have mine i'll share mine as well but i would love to hear what your three would be if you were to be asked well why don't you want to take birth control because i hear a lot of physicians ask that question when women say no
2: wait is this a question of why i personally don't want to take birth control or why i wouldn't prescribe it
0: why, if you were talking to a physician and they ask you why you won't take it, what would you say to them? What would be those three reasons?
2: Well, um, I would first of all because I don't want cancer. <laughs> first of all, um, and you know, at my age, I fertility isn't an issue. But the, the another um, answer would be well, it it caused me to be infertile, um, and so it. You know, ruined my fertility, and it ruins the fertility of many of my patients. So, so I'd rather not have that. Um, and it is just not a treatment solution, and it's a, it's kind of a false promise of a treatment that just doesn't deliver. So it doesn't really um, help any problem. It only um, adds more disease to an already um, struggling person.
0: Those are excellent. I love that because that helps. I mean, that's not even from a faith perspective, but it touches on, I mean, if people dive into that, it will take them to God and the design for the human person one day, potentially. So my three objections are two of ours lined up. Number one is it can cause an abortion. I'm pro-life mm-hmm. and I wish more women knew that it can cause an abortion. And mm-hmm. uh, number two, it's a group one carcinogen, right? So I don't want cancer either. And number three, it, does damage to fertility so you and i were mm-hmm. sunk up right there and i love that your number three was that it's not a solution it's not mm-hmm. a solution to what's going on with not. our bodies as women no and it's sad that it's being promoted as such so yes mm-hmm. we just have to pray okay so many questions here i want to dive into some of them paul's calling from phoenix arizona paul what's your question for dr caldwell today
1: yes um My daughter is 26 years old and she's been prescribed birth control pills because of her severe menstrual cycle and both my mother and her mother had these really severe menstrual cycles and I'm trying to see if I can find something to give her to read that maybe she will pay attention to and get off the birth control pills and start using natural uh, hormones.
0: Paul, thank you for being an incredible father first, for actually intervening and caring about your daughter's body, your wife's, your mom's, and recognizing the connection here. Dr. Caldwell, what would you recommend? Yes.
2: Yes. Okay, so she needs to start charting (laughs) Um, and start charting to find out there are lots of things we can do, lots of supplements, lots of potential hormones. We don't give hormones until we test in in the NAPRO protocols. Um, but I would I would say you could get get her a book um called The Period Repair Manual. It's by a naturopathic doctor, Laura Bryden, who is in she's not a Catholic doctor as far as I know, nor um is she a Napro doctor. She's a naturopathic doctor, but she does not like birth control. And she in her book explains the potential causes of painful and Problematic periods and gives supplements and recommendations, dietary recommendations um, for for those women who struggle. So so that is a very helpful resource. That book plus starting to chart with Creighton, um, so that we can find out really what else is going on, uh, so that she can she can be you know not just being managed with this birth control, but but to actually bring her all the way to health. As much as possible and should she have something like endometriosis we need to diagnose that and treat it and not just bandage it because we know there is a a lot of doctors will recommend birth control when there's uh, suspected endometriosis believing the lie that by taking birth control you're actually keeping endometriosis at bay or treating it when that is not the case
0: Mm, and that is so frightening that women aren't receiving these pieces of information. I, again, I really appreciate, Paul, that you're connecting the dots uh, between, uh, the potential that something more might be going on. Birth control is not the solution. So we'll post a link to that, the period repair manual. That is a resource that can be used. And we'll post some other links, including the happy girl's guide to being whole. That's very helpful from a fun and healthy perspective. It's very bright and encouraging, but that period repair manual, I think is so important for women to pick up. Uh, We have one more question. We're going to have to take it in a moment here. The number's 1-888-914-9149. I'll be right back with Dr. Susan Caldwell.
1: Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio
0: app. It's our Fertility, Infertility and Women's Health Day. Dr. Susan Caldwell's joining me and I love it. All the men are reaching out and asking questions. It's so funny because I think we often think this is just a woman's issue. It's not, because men in our lives care about us women and also have to deal with the fallout when we are not being treated well, when we are not healthy and whole. And so real solutions other than contraception, that's what we're talking about with Dr. Susan Caldwell. John's on the line from Arizona. John, welcome to Trending. What's your question today about progesterone for Dr. Caldwell?
1: Well, it's uh, interesting. Uh, I've been a family therapist for a number of years. I'm a follower of Christ. I am not Catholic. Welcome. Uh, I have counseled with yeah. I thank you. Appreciate that. Um, Counseled with a lot of uh, marriages uh, and have noticed the patterns over the years where there is premenstrual issues and um, they need to be treated. And it, it's difficult to find physicians to do this. It also is an issue in practicing birth control when you have your regular periods. So my big question is, look, uh, I don't know whether, doctor, you recommend serum testing or saliva testing. And when is the best time to do the testing? Uh, you're, you deal with infertility, and i know a lot of infertility doctors in our city don't like this they could be most helpful in dealing with premenstrual syndrome so a couple issues one difficult to practice birth control and i've noticed later in my practice and i'm in inact- inactive now for a couple of years is doctors have gone to you know prescribing um birth control um, meds or yes. to younger women like the last college so that's that's my question uh and not everyone is somehow educated equally here in dealing with uh, to trying to find doctors who are willing to deal with premenstrual syndrome uh, in a substantive way.
0: Exactly. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Great question. Go ahead, Dr. Yes, Caldwell. Yes, John. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Yes, and you know, many times PM- PMS is very complicated, right? So when a woman comes in and they say from a from a therapist, therapist will come in and and ask um, I, you know, they want please check my hormones you know um, I'll have a conversation about her I'll, with her I'll ask her to track her cycles this is very important she needs to be tracking learning when she's ovulating and when she, she just needs to educate herself because sometimes women are confused about what PMS means and so she we want to find out when where her cycle uh, lines up with her symptoms so the woman should, should just be able to do that, learn a, a family, natural family planning method or a fertility awareness method where she can just be more self-aware and then, you know, ask for thyroid testing, um, ask for vitamin D testing, get on a good multivitamin. There's so much, sometimes women are anemic, for example, they have low ferritin mm-hmm. and I find that that exacerbates their anxiety so it's not just about the reproductive hormones although that's huge so um, and it's very frustrating because many doctors don't take the time to tease this out with the woman and help her understand what's going on you know so I think the ball you know has to be in the woman's court first of all for her just to understand and pay attention to herself um, to make sure um, that she really understands her body and and where are her symptoms because sometimes women will come in and they say I have PMS and then when I ask her to track her their symptoms the symptoms might be at very odd times you know like just mm-hmm. during the period or 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 during ovulation well if that's the case that kind of makes me think of a, a, another kind of deficiency, like a nutritional deficiency or something like that. So I don't know Them I'm ask, answering your question, uh, John, other than, than to say, um, I think that, you know, doctors, you know, have to step up their game, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you said, we really need to call, look deeper. Um, and even there's a new realm now called functional medicine, where these are doctors that typically work outside of the, the insurance paradigm, so it can be a little expensive. Um, but they're testing a lot of minerals, a lot of toxicities, mm-hmm. um, deeper dive than a regular doctor who works on the insurance model can do. Um, but the help is out there. And, and yes, the therapist should advocate and, and keep calling the women to look deeper inside themselves, understand their own bodies, and then ask for help um, where, the, where there is help. But Creighton Model charting um, is a great first step as well.
0: And my thoughts are you need to see a apro physician. If someone's struggling yeah. with severe PMS, yeah. you need to see someone like you because I think the challenge, Dr. Caldwell, is a lot of women generationally think that PMS is normal, extreme pain, debilitating pain. I mean, I remember even just in college, two of my roommates I had for the longest amount of time, both of them took birth control as an attempt to try and regulate severe PMS. It didn't fix it. And one of them would have such severe migraine, she was non-functioning. Such low energy, mm-hmm. I struggled with just. Horrible, horrible painful cramps. And I didn't want to do anything, but I, you know, because of a lot of drive from me personally, I didn't let myself just lay around, but I would get it when people say I cannot do anything. I get it. And that's not what we're supposed to experience, but people think that's normal. And so I love where you recommend the Period Repair Manual. Um, we have a Happy Girls Guide to Being Whole. Those are signs look for, for really trying to, in those books, address things such as these as well, which I think are extremely helpful. And at the end of the day, I'm sorry to say it, but I'm happy to say I think the solution is seeing a natural physician even if you're not Catholic, our NAPA physicians like yourself, Dr. Caldwell, have those resources. So check out Dr. Susan Caldwell. That's drsusancaldwell.com. We'll post a link on social media. We This is always our link-heavy show. It is an encyclopedia of information from everything from period repair to how to detox from contraception. So we have all those links in the episode notes, and most of them should be up on social media. If not, uh, be sure to catch them in the episode notes for today's show available wherever you catch your podcast relevant radio app is the easiest way fantastic questions thank you so much for joining us and helping advocate for women in our bodies dr caldwell i want to spend these last moments as we're in this month of the sacred heart of jesus dedicated to the sacred heart of jesus it's also commonly themed the month dedicated to the eucharist to talk for a moment here about eucharistic miracles Eucharistic miracles are, I think, something that we don't talk enough about. It's phenomenal to me that we have scientific proofs for the existence of our Lord Jesus Christ and for the fact that Jesus Christ is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, living present. It's phenomenal. And there's this incredible... A display that travels around the country that we usually have here at one of our local parishes every year. It's called The Real Presence. You can check out the Realpresence.org to look at some of the Eucharistic miracles. But I want to touch on a couple of things that have always stood out to me with regard to Eucharistic miracles. When some of the more recent Eucharistic miracles end up being researched when they have experts who aren't even catholic come in and look at these miracles with scientific proofs uh, looking from multiple perspectives multiple studies with eminent forensic experts it's amazing to see what happens and i want to draw your attention to one in particular coming out of mexico in 2006 and we'll talk about this more on monday but here's just a little teaser for what i want you to ponder Repeatedly in these Eucharistic miracles, ex- especially the one out of Tixla, Mexico from 2006, the heart, the tissue from that Eucharistic miracle, the blood was still fresh. Four years later, when microscopic analysis was done, two different studies with forensic experts came in, having nothing to do with the Catholic faith, and they saw that this was living heart tissue from a human being. What's so significant is to think about the fact that Jesus Christ chooses to reveal himself to us in this way with regard to his Eucharistic heart in the Eucharist.